uh, before we dig into this talk. Uh, will you raise your hand if you are on the consumer side of this industry, meaning you're here as a patient, consumer, someone who likes CBD? Awesome. Raise your hand if you're on the... Uh, Exactly. You can be more than one thing, let's be very clear. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we're so many things, diverse, beautiful people. But uh, raise your hand if you're on the retail processing or manufacturing side of this industry. If you're selling a product, connecting with people, awesome. Then raise your hand if you're on the research, investment, kind of outside looking in perspective. Cool. So uh, we did that to help you know, ground our panelists who are going to introduce themselves in a moment. Uh, this talk is titled CBD Replacing Opiates. And I'll be candid, uh, I think a better name for this talk is CBD and Opiates. And that's simply because on a pharmacodynamic level, there are such intricacies between these two treatments that the idea of separating them out is sort of hard to do when we're talking about long-term applications of CBD and pain management. That being said, I personally feel that there's a lot to be explored and our panelists will provide some background and context as we sort of look at the different barriers and goals that we could reach by integrating CBD into opiate treatments. Uh, my background is I work with a needle exchange program in Portland, Oregon. That means that we spend a lot of time working with active drug users and trying to incorporate things like CBD into titration or uh, ideally changes of behavior. Uh, with that being said, let's turn it over to our panelists and see where they come into this picture. Hi, my name is Colette Florido. I'm the founder of CR World and CRW Network. And uh, I came into this space like probably many or most of you also came in with my own personal experience. My father was diagnosed with dementia um, about uh, five, six years ago now, and we did everything Western medicine said, and at the end of that rope, I found that, um, that I got insight about CBD and how it could make a difference, and um, I think you've all heard those stories, so I won't bore you with the, the little details, but I'll, I'll just say from a caregiver's perspective and seeing how the seniors are educated or the lack thereof, uh, that is what drove me to launch CR World um, to be the trusted source in hemp infused products and really to educate and advocate on behalf of seniors and caregivers because I know that personally as a mom and uh, a, the caregiver to my father, the night and day difference that um, introducing a CBD rich nutritional diet did for us, not just for him and calming him and his agitation and stress, but to be able to um, remove the medications the mood stabilizers and the medications that were originally prescribed for my dad was a very noticeable and distinct uh, step in the right direction when we were able to uh, balance that by bringing in CBD and uh, and I would never look back and it's important now that I share that with others so um, my company is now in our second year of uh, business um, and uh, going into our third and our CRW network is all focused on podcasts and video casts to educate that consumer group and uh, and anyone who works with them. Hello, everybody. My name is Lev Amanov. I'm a co-founder of Hemp Farms, located up uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I am a clinical pharmacist by training. I received my uh, doctor of pharmacy at the University of Florida. Um, the reason I chose to speak about this topic is uh, I see firsthand how many painkillers are prescribed in the pharmacy uh, and uh, I do see how it can help and hurt people. They have uh, very, very bad side effects long term and does uh, the fact that it can easily become 
something of an addictive substance is uh, an area that is of particular interest to me because uh, the research that's being done right now with CBD uh, can really help to either um, cut the dose in half of what you're taking or long term uh, just stop it altogether and uh, that that's my personal interest in this field and uh, we look forward to discussing it further with all of you. Hi, I'm Dr. Jenny Wilkins, and I am the owner of Farm, uh, Age Vital Pharmacy Research and Wellness. I'm a biochemist by training and a doctor of naturopathic medicine. And I've been in the pharmaceutical space now for 20 years, a really long time. Um, started working out you know in nursing homes and watching my patients slowly die from debilitating ailments like parkinson's disease ms alzheimer's dementia and gastrointestinal issues and cancers and i remember gosh there's got to be more there's so much more how does one prevent these things from happening and i started to look at the body as an integrated whole like very much like a car and i'm like why well i want to be a class automobile when I grow up. I don't want to be a pile of rust. So how do you maintain a physical car? And our bodies are very much like cars, aren't they? So that was one of my, you know, driving forces, you know, going into the pharmaceutical space on top of me, you know, suffering from an autoimmune disorder, MS, when I was 25 and healing myself from the MS and no longer having lesions and going from taking 12 different medications to zero medications by practicing functional integrative health care, meaning no more band-aids for boo-boos, none of the uh, prescription over-prescribing methodologies that uh, a big pharma kind of, you know, tells us pharmaceutical owners to do, and doctors too, where our hands are tied and you have this cookie-cutter system here in this country where people don't really have access or the knowledge to educate uh, the consumer. The doctors don't have that education. That's something you learn in medical school. school. It's not something you learn in pharmacy school. The, you know, we do a little bit of you know biochemistry, biochemistry, but the second year, third year, fourth year, they say everything that we taught you, unlearn it because here's what is going to be prescribed: pink pill, purple pill, yellow pill, that pill, blah 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 blah. So I'm an overly charismatic person that loves people. I'm a humanitarian number one, and I just got super infuriated thinking if I had this debilitating autoimmune disorder and I can heal it, how many other people out there can have access to true medicine, true, you know, healing, as opposed to just band-aids for boo-boos? <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, my name is Kyle Turley. I founded a, a CBD company, NeuroXPF. We have a booth at the, the show here. Um, I'm a former NFL player, one of the football guys running around talking about weed. Um, that's, that's what I'm known for now. You're the weed guy. I was known for throwing football helmets uh, in an iconic moment on uh, Sunday Night Football, and now I'm the weed guy. Um, but uh, I'm the weed guy because cannabis saved my life, and I'm around everywhere I can possibly be to tell everybody about it. Um, the stories are the same. Those that uh, choose cannabis over opiates find they're out. Uh, those that choose cannabis over opiates no longer take opiates. Um, and those that understand cannabis, more importantly, um, have and use it, uh, have the ability to express that to others. And so I feel charged to do so. Um, it's an honor to be on the panel with everyone here today. Um, and, you know, just give my voice to that as well. Um, I felt the need once I came to know CBD, 
to start a company, to get that to as many people as I could. Uh, I'm an artist. Uh, I was an art major in college. I went to San Diego State University. I went to school to play football. I went to school to make it to the NFL. I was That was my dream. And uh, I made that happen. And I made a lot of money and all these other things. And I was tired of losing it in the stock market. So for health and wealth, uh, I'm all in on this uh, because it's very real. And you see it as an entrepreneur uh, in your brands, uh, you know, whatever you're doing, keep doing it and keep innovating and pushing because uh, the stories that continue to come back of those that have rid their life of these poisonous synthetic cannabinoids, which is all they are, uh, because at the end of the day, everyone should know, especially our doctors, that the number one regulatory system in the human body is the cannabinoid system. And so, uh, you know, having this experience, um, gaining this knowledge through a simple iPhone. I didn't get a degree. I, I never graduated from college and I've spoke at Harvard twice. Uh, first on the NFL concussion uh, lawsuit that was on the horizon and it happened. And then second going back with Dr. Rafael Mishulam and all these other great people and uh, Sue Sisley and, 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 and all the rest and, and, and meeting with these people face to face uh, along with these great doctors I've been introduced to over my NFL career and dealing with injury from uh, the plates and screws in my body to the bone on bone constant you know neuropathy and arthritic pain uh, to this day since I've given my life to cannabis, zero opiates for four years straight, uh, not even an aspirin or an Aleve, and I train harder, I'm more motivated, and uh, this is the answer to what studies show uh, is what I've been diagnosed with two years ago through the NFL concussion settlement, stage two progressive dementia. And my last test, they said, now I'm not. So. I understand this, uh, the government understands this, they put a patent on it, uh, and we need to expose this. So again, an honor to be in front of you. Thank you for having me. Thanks everybody. Uh, clearly there's a lot of passion, education, and information on our panel today. And given the context of the room, I'd like y'all to speak a little bit about federal and state regulations that prevent y'all from sort of bringing products to the market, educating consumers, and really making inroads against the massive role opiates play in chronic pain management and similar treatments, and whomever, whomever wants to go first. <laughs> Well, I'm happy to talk about the seniors because that's one of the spaces that has been um, really evident very quickly where the rest of this industry has evolved and people are now starting to see, okay, I'm going to bring CBD products into my life and I'm not getting high and I'm not um, impaired and I'm able to reduce or remove those opioids. In the senior space, one of the greatest challenges that we're faced with is that all of the senior housing and um, and any nursing facilities and medical facilities are all still regulated at the federal level and they're funded federally. And so until those, um, those laws change federally, um, most uh, communities are not ready to make that leap and risk losing their license or their practice or their um, their business and so um, that's the starting point. The secondary point is that a lot of these um, seniors have been going to the same family physician for decades and have trusted everything that they know in that 
physician or that team of physicians. And unfortunately, a lot of them are being misguided. Um, they're getting, um, they're not, as physicians, maybe getting that insight and, and you know, the, the the physicians here can can talk more about what they're um, being approached with as far as education goes, but a lot of them are not taking those continuing education curriculum on hemp and endocannabinoids and cannabis, and they're just um, pl plain and simple giving them wrong information. Oh, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to replace um, your opioids or, or your medications with cannabis? That's a horrible idea. So really giving them insight um, from the trusted sources that they go to and uh, and we saw it firsthand with my doc with my dad and his doctors um, that the first steps are always to go for a medication, a mood behavioral medication, now a secondary medication. So um, from our perspective, seeing that change on the state level, um, even though the state has a medical marijuana um, has you know some of those things in place we really are still not done yet we need the plant to be available in all forms and give them different um, options because taking it from a juicing perspective to being able to uh, smoke it every piece of it needs to be available for different reasons absolutely would anybody else like to touch on that what's very um, interesting and very frustrating at the same time is every state has their own tweak on the law and I'm sure that we have people here from all over the country and uh, it's very hard to, uh, to learn and to do business if, uh, if your state has one law and your neighboring state has another or you have a potential client who wants to do it, you know, four or five states away. Uh, what helped us personally up in New York is, uh, which I encourage all of you to do, is every single state office has someone who is in charge of the cannabis program in that office and they are not hard to reach keep calling up the chain, you will get to that person and make sure that they're your best friend because uh, as soon as they know something, they will call you and you should have that, uh, and it should be a two-way street. So if you have any questions for them about how to do something or how to formulate something, they should be there as a, silver ser as a civil servant to make sure that they answer your questions and you shouldn't be afraid to ask them anything because it's their job to make it clear in your perspective state. Um, I'd, I'd like to add that as I mean as the CBD discussion you know on the cannabis the full plant discussion uh, a lot of truth to that but the reality is in CBD it's just education um, as far as it is derived from hemp um, as long as hemp it's hemp derived CBD it's 50 state legal uh, it is very defendable um, and uh, the states that have chosen to go after these people, as long as you can prove that these are from licensed facilities, a facility we work with our companies, a USDA approved, uh, these facilities can get these approvals now. They can even get FDA approvals uh, at certain levels as supplements, as CBD is classified as a supplement. Um, and so just education and understanding the opportunities uh, for CBD and, and it's, it's, you know, a lot of talking and you have to you know explain things to people and the ability they have to defend this because there is a threat just because of I mean we're in Southern California on grocery store shelves with a chain that has two stores in San Bernardino County two stores in Riverside County um, you know this encompasses about four or five million people in this area 
and uh, in Riverside County, they've chosen to dictate the memo because there is no governing cannabis board for hemp uh, in the state of California or anywhere uh, for that matter. There's only been certain legislation in Colorado and Oregon that has passed that is, uh, they've restricted it from the dispensaries, but stores, Main Street stores can carry CBD and they are um, even in those states with restrictions um, because it's legally available. Uh, hemp is available to all 50 states uh, and you really just need to know your laws, uh, uh, have your paperwork to back it up and then understand the ability that they have to just basically fuck with you. Okay, that's all they really have is that ability and the food board will come in and say you can't sell this here because it's in a food establishment we govern this. And go, okay, but if it says hemp only, can we? Yes. Okay, so in Riverside County, we have to label all of our products hemp, hemp oil. San Bernardino across the 91 freeway, uh, we at two locations. We, we can say CBD, cannabidiol, uh, et cetera. And, uh, and in our Riverside stores, we can even give our materials, uh, but the product itself, because it's in a food place, and this county has the ability to govern that. Uh, it's just a matter of labeling because hemp is available to all 50 states and you just really have to go out of your way to uh, you know inform the public and provide a lot of materials that they need to explain that to them unfortunately. Some of the issues that I see as a pharmaceutical manufacturer and a CGMP manufacturer and I white label for lots of companies and um, create new brands for different companies and I see the things that they have problems with on big commerce they can't have the name CBD on there because they automatically associate it you know with the psychoactive uh, other cannabinoids in there so I think in, I try to go and I lobby and I go to you know different congressional meetings my per, my marketing directors here knows how you know diligent I am going to meet with Marco Rubio I go to house and you know I go to Congress and I talk about this I think there needs to be and I'm hoping it'll go that way where it's regulated just like other vitamins and minerals are regulated as well. Like there's a pharmaceutical grade B12 and then there's the synthetic B12, right? Because big pharma does that. And that's, that's who really scares me because I know they're GMOing it, synthetic you know, GW Pharma with their Epidolex and it's not the same thing. The molecular structure is completely different and what scares me is that they have the money and the resources to go and to uh, to kick back, you know, with governmental figures and then maybe take it away from the consumers and showing them, no, see, we're doing it the correct way. This is the CBD that the consumer needs to be taken. So I try to go and lobby against that where they can't, you know, take it away from us. I fought for vitamin C. They wanted to take vitamin C off of the over-the-counter list and glutathione on from over-the-counter list and uh, B12 over-the-counter where it's like okay well we have the bioavailable vitamin B12 but there's also the synthetic B12 that you guys make which is has cyanide in it is poisoning the consumers it's not the same thing I was just talking to somebody about that so I mean it's a battle and to me it's almost like a spiritual battle battle so anytime you see something like that I mean look at the ballots you know go to different websites to see where someone is you know where they're having different types of meetings in different uh, uh, cities and different states because those meetings are going out it's usually pharmacists and doctors that are going no you can't do that you can't take CBD they tried to do that in my own city in Sarasota they tried to 
make it illegal to have CBD anywhere besides a dispensary. Like the dispensaries were the only ones. They were going to put that in Sarasota County. And I mean, we had thousands of people. We got the message out there where it's like, okay, it's a conflict. You can't do that. It's illegal. So they stopped because they realized that was different jurisdictions and there was multiple federal laws that they weren't abiding by. So stuff that you have to be, you know, conscious about. But I want it to be easier for the consumer that's making good products to be able to sell it on big commerce. Good vitamin supplements and then regulated vitamin supplements because it is minimally regulated right now. A lot of the CBD products you see out there, I've personally tested 220 of them. The FDA tested 176 of them and they are filled with garbage, fungus, parasites, mold, heavy metals. I've seen isolates that have creatine in it, that have cyanide in it, that have ethanol, synthetic xenoestrogens in there. I'm like, why are they putting these fillers in there? Because they're not pharmacists, they're not chemists, they're not bi macrobiologists, they're not doctors, they're not in the healthcare industry. So because they don't have the same standards that we're being regulated with by the quality and control, I mean, that's very important. It's scary to think that there's people out there making products that don't have the same quality and control that is out there with pharma, with pharmacists, with the biotechs, with the CGMPs. These are our family members that are out there taking supplements and they're getting sicker. No, so absolutely, Dr. Wilkins. <laughs> and I feel that's a great place to build off of as we have manufacturers, caregivers, health providers here. What have been some products you have seen or drug delivery systems or iterations of CBD along with other chemicals herbs or treatments that you think have potential to make inroads in fighting this opiate crisis and solving the chronic pain management issue we're dealing with today? Nothing. CBD. That's it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, guys, I mean, we, we really need to educate ourselves on what our body craves. And what it craves is cannabinoids. We have a cannabinoid system and the more that, I guess in delivery system, you know, we, the nano process allows for faster delivery. But, um, you know, all these other things that are out there are potentials. The one thing that has been throughout history, you know, we, we're going a long way with a lot of things and then everybody starts getting into regulation because of where it's going. And, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, uh, you know, cannabis is the answer, period. And the more we can continue to innovate that and drive that home and expand on all these strains that are available before we start adding in all of these other things that are potentials, you know, lavender this or lemon or this, whatever, at the end of the day, what's, what's going to help your body is going to be cannabinoids. And the more we can expand on this and, and on the research has been done uh, so far with, uh, you know, now we're into hemp flowers and uh, the transition that's going to happen in this country from that for all the smokers to where cancer is just cured, period. Because we don't, we don't now you can smoke hemp cigarettes and who wants to have cancer? You know, so, uh, you know, cannabinoids are the answer. Uh, I, we, the process and delivery and getting that as fast as possible to your cannabinoid system uh, and, and the concentrates of that and, and upping those levels, you know, and adding those same plant terpenes and all these other things that are available because it's still growing the spectrum of, of, the, of the cannabis uh, plant of, of hemp even and all the different phytocannabinoids that come from that are expanding and all the research that's machine, as far as the machine can go. They're expanding the opportunity that it has Absolutely. from every level. Thank you, Kyle. 
and I don't want to promote just one company, you know, because there's so many, there are wonderful companies out there, but um, as far as like delivery mechanisms, knowing the science between, and you were talking about smoking, yes, smoking is medicinal, drinking wine's medicinal too, but it's not pharmaceutical, so when you're doing it for medicinal purposes, you want to have a medicinal, you know, pharmaceutical product, meaning something that's quantifiable and that's dosable, um, you know, like suppositories, rectal suppositories. I have Florida urology centers um, here just in Florida that use uh, rectal suppositories, vaginal suppositories for pelvic floor pain, for anal fissures, for hemorrhoids, and there's so many people that don't even know that the, you know, cannabinoids are so good for those types of ailments as well, and even vaginal yeast infections, that's huge, so giving somebody a CBD of females that are going over the counter, over the counter and buying these toxic vaginal, you know, what, what's the most popular one currently over the counter? PharmD, Micah, Nystatin, yeah, the Nystatin, yeah, the different antifungals, and it's reducing the pH balance of the vagina when you can give a female CBD with like probiotics, for example, put it in a suppository, and the yeast infection goes away within a day. And it's, it's feeding their endocannabinoid system because it's antimicrobial number one, it's antifungal number two, and it's anti-inflammatory. So now the female is actually getting better. It didn't do anything with the pH balance. And it's the same thing with the rectal suppositories for the anal fissures, for the hemorrhoids, the pelvic floor pain, and then other delivery mechanisms as far as like um, uh, inhalation devices for children with pulmonary issues, people with emphysema, nebulizing CBD oils or solutions. I make those in pharmacies it's unbelievable. I know nurses that do injectable CBDs for Leon Medical Center in Miami is doing injectable CBDs. That's huge. So instead of doing all of these pumps, the, like they do the toxic ketamine pumps, these hardcore narcotics in in the spine for debilitating pain with people with horrible, you know, that surgery's gone bad. They're using CBD injections, 200, 500 milligrams to get rid of the inflammation. Imagine going to your doctor to get an injection instead of a cortisone shot in the knee for joint pains or having a cannabinoid injection and now you're feeding the endocannabinoid system ophthalmic drops for the eyes for macular degeneration instead of these toxic different solutions, these other that do eye doctors write for. And my gosh, don't get me started on the opiates, right? That's why we're here, right? <laughs> no, exactly. No, thank you, Dr. Wilkins. Yes. Um, in sticking with the pain, I'm sure that uh, pretty much everybody here who has a product which is uh, simple and like a simple tincture for sticking in the realm of pain, I feel like you guys are here just to see um, what can you recommend your product for to your average consumer and uh, I feel very comfortable as a pharmacist uh, telling you guys that um, over-the-counter anti-inflammatories like um, Advil, Aleve or even the ones that are by prescription it's a very good substitute for those because that class of drugs really really does a number on your gastrointestinal system long-term side effects uh, and in order to help with that you have to take a second pill in order to prevent the heartburn and next thing you know is pill after pill after pill. And uh, I understand as a pharmacist, uh, we have to do that because you, you give one pill and you have to prevent the side effects, so you have to give another. But if, uh, if you guys say, hey, listen, you're taking Advil twice a day because you have pain in your knee, give this tincture a try. We know based on plenty of uh, 
solid experiments that it does have anti-inflammatory effects. Maybe not right away, but over the course of a few days, it does regulate your anti-inflammatory genetic makeup where you don't produce so many anti-inflammatory chemicals in your body. And I guarantee you that people who do commit to taking it the proper way, they will come back and say, you know what, it really did help. I didn't have to take Advil this morning. I felt fine. And uh, that's just one recommendation uh, since we're sticking with pain that you guys can recommend. The science is out there. Uh, you can definitely read it yourselves. Some of it is very heavy in terms of the technical terminology, but you have Google for that and you can help, you know, to break it down. Uh, so sticking with pain, I would say one thing you can recommend your, your customers is that any form of either topical or oral to help uh, take away that certain class of prescription medications. Thank you. You know, and I'd add to that, um, when you look again from the senior perspective, I think what's really exciting in this space is knowing that we can rethink our aging process. Um, you know, this is not going to stop us from dying. Unfortunately, we haven't found that magic pill yet. But if we can ease the process of aging and aging on our bodies um, from the pain relief of the removing those opioids in a more natural approach, um, that's one piece of it. But there's a lot of um, other things that are happening as we age, um, for instance, you know, a lot of the benzos are being um, recommended as or, or um, being prescribed, and they cause a myriad of side effects. Again, that's, you know, treating um, or looking at the side effects is um, of what is already happening, whether they are maybe um, using a chemotherapy or whether they are, um, perhaps they've been an alcoholic most of their lives, but they were functional, and now they've approached senior status and now they it's becoming much more evident it affects their physiological makeup and um, it, it, it processes the medications that they do receive differently and so if you can help to give that endocannabinoid system balance and um, and support it with a nutritional approach um, a, a daily approach I think you're going to see that the side effects will be better managed and maintained and and allow for us to age a little more gracefully and at the end of that day you know I look at the if you've ever seen the um, um, the YouTube uh, series from uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. There's a part where he goes into a senior community, I think in Israel, and he's using the, um, they're, they're showing this senior community where they're getting balloons of vaporized THC as a part of their treatment. And I don't know about you, but I already am scared this the idea of aging and slowing down and being at that place sucks mm -hmm. and having gone through it with my father it is a beast and to know that there's a possibility of approaching it in a way that is a little bit more calming because we've lost our loved ones we've uh, lost our purpose in life of going to our jobs or um, being there for somebody else. Um, the people around us that we once knew are now gone and my body just doesn't work the way that it used to and now neither does my mind. These are all the, the senior challenges that if we can approach that aging process using a natural plant in lieu of those medications, we're going to see the costs come down and I personally saw that. By removing those medications, the, the things that were prescribed and I watched as we were given one after another after another to treat the effects of the last pill that was given. When I saw that, and then I saw us able to remove that, 
we saw a cost difference of $1,300 a month. Mm -hmm. Why? Because my caregivers, because my father was now sleeping through the night, and therefore my caregiver could sleep through the night. I didn't have to pay a 12-hour shift. I could pay for a 24-hour shift. Those are the types of cost savings that we need as a society in order for us to manage the growing senior population. And so we have to be looking at that and every form of it. And so we're excited to see the different deliveries, the nebulizers and uh, the suppositories. And, and I saw firsthand that it will make a difference. And, and the last piece of that is that end of life. Um, if for once I could choose something for my dad, he didn't need morphine. He, he just was, he was a little uncomfortable. But boy, you know what? If, if at that point somebody could hand me something to breathe in and I could maybe be a little bit calmer knowing that I don't know what comes next, uh, I, I know that I would feel a lot better about it. Absolutely. Uh, I want to thank our panelists for sharing. We didn't get into as many questions, but I think that's because we really want to open it up to folks to share sort of what they're interested in learning today. Uh, so if we could put it together for our panelists through great experience and insights. Uh, and then raise your hand if you have a question. I'll come to you. And if not, I have more questions that I'm dying to ask these <laughs> folks, so please don't worry. Hi, um, I'm on the consumer end and I'm under pain management. I found out about this expo a few days ago. My husband was very understanding. And what I'm doing now is I have a conversation open with my doctor because I want to get off of the meds. And he's open-minded about it, but what can I, does anybody want to talk to me or tell me about what I can do to talk to him with an educated mind? <laughs> Um, I, honestly, I think you should just ask him about the cannabinoid system. And if he doesn't know about it, then I think demand of your doctors that they learn about it. Well, he's really good and, like I said, open-minded. But yeah. there's different laws. I guess I'm from Georgia. Sure. And there's certain things like if I pop positive, because I get tested every month, if I pop positive for the marijuana or THC, mm -hmm then I'm in a lot of trouble. Of course. Well, there's a, a lot of CBD companies uh, out there uh, leading the charge, a non-THC side, because uh, now we have the ability to extract. So we're taking isolated extractions from this plant. CBD in its isolate form, THC-free, will not test you positive on a drug test. Um, there, I created a company behind that, not promoting my company to you. Find one. Make sure that it's certified THC free uh, that has testing available that you can take they're they're out there search online um, and get the best one give it to your doctor have him send it to his lab where he tests his things uh, to make sure so that you're both clear on that um, and if he's okay with you taking a THC or a CBD supplement without THC after he's tested it uh, because of your job situation you most likely have um, the opportunity to then take that to even your employer uh, for an exemption on medical basis from your physician the problem is we don't have the doctors the doctors need to start backing the patients um, and if you charge your doctor to do so if they'll back you and defend a, a product that you bring to him um, that you can vet as THC free uh, there should be no 
nothing keeping you from not only having your physician's approval but your employer's approval um, and potentially even you know go through as long as you're transparent in this conversation I have uh, found that uh, there are more people that are friendly to this conversation than you ever knew about That's right. oh yeah like I said he is he doesn't even care if I smoke the whole plant but um, it's got to do I think with the different laws in Georgia or something and we can't if it, if I do one I can't do the other and I do find that putting the two together does help and I don't want to hog this microphone that, that, I, that's just, only based around uh, THC CBD that's the only thing hemp they can't stop you from taking hemp CBD and I, I'm gonna add that that's a temporary approach I think for the long term because um, using isolate will help you in in its form all in its own we all, all know that, but I think that if you're looking for long-standing uh, approaches here, we have to look at the plant in its whole form because you're missing 120 plus cannabinoids mm -hmm. other than the CBD. Yeah. Um, but you're right, you have to start with the conversation. And if you need resources, that's what this whole expo is about. And all of these companies are now coming out with great insight on their website. So find some that are comfortable to you to be able to absorb that information yourself. And then to be able to take that website, that book, that article. I just met the um, Shira who just launched her book on the ABCs of, of CBD. You know, those are the types of, of resources that you've got to grab hold of and take that conversation. You are not alone. When you go and approach somebody, they may tell you that they don't think it's the best idea for you. They're probably wrong. Um, and and there are other people that will see it differently. So make sure that you don't stop. Um, don't stop that conversation. And if you take a broad spectrum CBD oil, is that you? Yeah, hi, how are you? Yeah, and doctors are so receptive. As I, I have my territory pharmaceutical reps that go into doctors and educate the doctors. I'd be happy to fly out to your doctor and talk to him for you if you wanted to. I would do that. You said you're where? Georgia? Oh, yeah. I'll come to Georgia. But they are. They're your friends. Doctors are your friends. Remember, their hands are tied. They're like puppets to big pharma and the insurance companies. They want this information. They want to help you not to suffer. And for them to know, wow, there's an oil that's not going to get you high. And you're telling them, this is what I tell them, this is not going to get your patients high. 96% of the consumers that are using cannabinoids are not looking for the high. It's only 4%. It's only a small percentage of the consumers that are looking for the high. So if you tell them this is non-psychotropic, I'm not getting high, I'm doing it because I don't want to take this Dilaudid, this Oxycontin, this Xanax, this Prozac, whatever it is, because I'm not going to have something that's going to damage the prefrontal cortex of my brain and actually cause psychosis. I want to take something that's going to feed my brain and enhance neurogenesis. It's actually going to make me smarter and it's going to remove my pain and all of my other inflammation markers that you might not even know that you have. But you just, they want, they love patient autonomy. Most doctors have that where they they want you to advocate for yourself. Tell me what I can do for you because you know your body better than the doctor knows your body. You know what you're suffering from better than the doctor knows what you're suffering from. And if you wanted him to test for it to see if you're going to be positive for THC, you're not. A broad spectrum means it has less than 0.1% THC in it. That's way underneath the DMV. The DMV actually has set guidelines on how much THC measures in you know, what, what is toxic just like they do for alcohol and it's up to 10 milligrams. That's 0.1% is very, it won't even register on an exam. So, and you'll feel good too. 